you know, it, it's things like that that 40, 50 years ago when people would read the verses that everyone in the world would see the Lord Jesus Christ returning at the same time. You'd wonder, how, how is that even possible? Well, you know, just this little bit of technology makes you makes you believe that that's, that is that is possible. So, uh, how's the family doing tonight? Looking good. Glad you're all here. Uh, pray for more to be here. We've had a, it's like every Wednesday night, we just have a very small family reunion. We've got a lot of people that, uh, that need to be here. Um, we'll leave that between them and the Lord as to why they're not. But Wednesdays are probably the most important day, you know, of, the, of our time here in church. I mean, that's when we go to the Lord in prayer. And that's a very significant part of our, um, of our church life. Thinking about the family, that's kind of the, the message I wanted to share a little bit about because it's something we don't we don't think about. We think about church, we think about being a called out assembly in ecclesia, as it's, as it's called in the, in the Greek, um, and and that's great. But how we you know how are we supposed to operate? And God gives us instructions for that as, as well. And so I, I kind of look at Wednesdays as, as as really family night because you've you've put aside everything else to be here. Um, I was really almost going to go into Proverbs, and I know you really are, are wishing to continue on with that series, but the Bible tells you not to build on another man's work, so I'll, I'll save that for the pastor when he gets back. So, um, But anyway, so um, when I was thinking about this, there's, there's a song that you probably know. Again, it's not a deeply spiritual song. You can almost call it a, a, a ditty instead of a song, but it's by the Gaither. Uh, Bill Gaither wrote it, and it's called The Family of God. Uh, it's not a very long song, but it's kind of interesting. The words basically say, now you will notice we say brother and sister around here. It's because we're a family and these folks are so dear. When one has a heartache, we all share the tears and rejoice in each victory in the family so dear. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this side. I'm a part of the family of the family of God. From the door of an orphanage to the house of the king, no longer an outcast, a new song I sing. From rags unto riches, from the weak to be to the strong, I'm not worthy to be here, but praise God, I belong. Yes, I'm a part of the family, the family of God. And I can't tell you how many churches don't operate as a family. They operate as a church. I mean, they are called out by God to come together in, in a building or in a house or someplace together to worship God, to read God's word, to grow. I mean, all those things are there. But that concept of family is, is, is unique in a, in a lot of churches. Um, the background to this particular song actually goes into a uh, member of the church that they belong to up in Indiana that uh, was working uh, at a shop that caught on fire and exploded, and he barely got out with his life. And this was this was on a Saturday just before uh, Easter, uh, Easter Sunday morning. And it was really touch and go for this this man and the young man with a family. And the church just felt compelled to to uh, come to the house of God, come to the come to the fellowship hall, come to the worship hall, and just get on their knees and just be in a prayer vigil uh, until they got word from the doctor that he he was going to recover. He was okay. And, and uh, I think about that. I think about <clears throat> that being really a true nature of what, what family does. And for those of you that have been here a lot longer than we have, I mean, you've seen your share 
of showering with, with others and rejoicing with others. And, and uh, uh, it's a sharp contrast, I'm sure, from the family reunions some of us go to, uh, to be a part of the family of God. Of God. But that's, that's kind of where I wanted to, some of the things I wanted to share tonight. So let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And Father God, we, just, we, we thank you that your word is, is so clear, what you've called us out for. Yes, you've called us out to, to be a church, Lord, a body unto you. Uh, but, Lord, it's, it's, it's more than that, and you've given us instructions in your word as to how we're to, to behave one with another and, and what that, how that body's supposed to interact, Lord. And it's not just a matter of coming and filling in pews. It's a matter of, of rejoicing and sorrowing with our brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. And I just pray that, pray that the, the things I share tonight, Lord, will, will just encourage people to keep on keeping on. I think we do a... A good job with that, Lord. But as you can see by the attendance, there's there's people that need to hear this that aren't here, and I just pray for those church members, Lord, that they will be uh, uh, kind of pricked by their spirit uh, to be here when the doors are open, Lord. So I just thank you for that, and thank you for this time we have tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen. Um, it's not a deep uh, theological statement here, but you know when you're born, you're you're born into a physical family, right? Uh, that physical family has a spiritual attribute to it, whether you know Christ or not, because we're born with a sin nature, and we're born into a family uh, that has a sin nature. And even if even if you're born into a family where both your mother and father are saved, that's a blessing, but that doesn't make you saved. I mean, you you have to deal with your own salvation. Um, you you can't you can't be a car simply by sitting in the garage. So that's, it doesn't work that way. Uh, so we need, you know, you need to be able to to uh, deal with salvation. But the blessing of having a church family is we don't all have the benefit of being born into a physical family where mom and dad are saved and you go to church every Sunday. And by the time you're five years old, you're asking you're asking God to save you. And I mean that that's that would be perfect. It, it very rarely happens for people that way. A lot of times in this world today, uh, kids are born into a family uh, of just one parent. And mostly, most of the time, it's the mother. The father, the father's the rapson. Uh, sometimes you have both father and mother, and they're abusive to each other. They're abusive to their children, and, and that's what you have to, to grow up in. Uh, you know, the father goes off and, and does his work, and the mother stays home and drinks or whatever. I mean, it's just, there's just so much of that going on in the world, and, and it's only through the Holy Spirit that somebody can, can survive through that and, and get saved. But if, if you look at what, it, you know, one of the things that I, I noticed here, you know, the family, the spiritual nature, you know, either God was in charge and, and the leader at the home or the devil was still in charge calling the shots. And that's usually how it, how it comes about. Uh, I had the blessing of being able to grow up with, in a family with, with both a mother and father that, that loved each other, but they didn't know Christ. They didn't worship the Lord. I didn't go to church every Sunday. Um, but compared to a lot of things that are going on today, I, I count I count my blessings for that. That at least I had two parents in the household. Uh, I count my blessings that both my parents were able to get saved before they before they passed away. I still have two brothers that that need to know the Lord, but uh, I'm rejoicing in the fact that I got most of my most of my uh, earthly family intact, uh, you know, being there with me when when the time comes. So that that's a blessing. Um, but. You know, what did Jesus say to the spiritual leaders of his day? And if you go to John 8, uh, 41, if, if you would, in, in your Bibles, um, Jesus is preaching to the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Jewish leadership, 
at the time that are contending with him over the fact that you need you need law. Moses, you know, they talk about Moses, they talk about Abraham. But in uh, in John eight, starting in verse <coughs> It says, you do the deeds. This is Jesus speaking. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said unto him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. Jesus says, you are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father will ye do. He will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. That's pretty harsh words. But technically, that applied to each one of us the day we were born. We were of our father, the devil. I spent a good portion of my life being directed by Satan, and, and I didn't know that, obviously. It's a, it's a spiritual thing, but... It's, it's quite evident once I once I did get saved in the life I've had after that, it's very evident somebody else was in charge and didn't need to be in charge of my life. Um, and Jesus calls them out right here. I mean, we you know we we need to we need to re- to get back to that union that God gave us in the garden. He created us to be an eternal being. He created us to be with Him and, and to love Him and 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 to be rejoicing with Him for all eternity. And we get that we get that back through through salvation. Um, so, regardless, you know, of the family you were raised in, good or bad, uh, you know, accepting Jesus as your Savior puts you puts you into a new family. Uh, I want to look at a couple of verses to understand what what God has done for us. Let's go over to First Peter, and this is kind of fresh in my mind because in First Peter, it's a, it's the book that I'm, I'm teaching out of in the men's. Uh, Men's Sunday school class. First Peter chapter two, in verse nine. This is this is what we are as as a family of believers to God. It says, "But you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people." that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. That's an amazing statement. If you think, you know, we didn't just get, you know, uh, an everlasting life. We didn't just get uh, the, the, the free gift of not having to go to hell. We're a chosen generation. We're a unique people. You know, we, we sing that song about this world's not my, not my home. I'm just a passing through. We don't have a capital to our generation. Our capital's up in, up in heaven where our citizenship is. But just the fact that we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, what would that mean? Now, you have to understand Peter was writing to the Jewish people uh, in, in, in the, that were dispersed around the area and Jewish believers. And they understood what it meant to be called a royal priesthood because in the Old Testament, you look at the Aaronic priesthood, those people had to be separated. And they were only allowed to go into the temple and the Holy of Holies once a year, and there was separation, and they were a holy people and things like that. Just like those people were called to be holy, even the New Testament tells us that we are to be holy even as God is holy. So that's why it's called out to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. 
are peculiar people. Now, I'm not even going to go in there. You all know who you are. Some of you are more peculiar than others, but, you know, God knows. And, and so we, but, you know, peculiar in the sense that we just don't fit in this world. That, that kind of peculiar. When, when I'm having meetings and, and people are talking about things of the world or they ask me about my weekend, and I can say, you know, it was great. We had somebody baptized this weekend. I had a great weekend. And then a hush comes over the audience, and we move on to something else, you know. But, you know, we, we, need, to, we need to share the things that make us happy. And nine times out of ten, something that's going to make us happy is something that happened with one of you here in this church, you know. Uh, and, you know, my wife makes me happy every day, and so I've, I've always got that blessing. But it's great to be able to come into church on Sunday or Wednesday or whenever the doors are open and hear about, you know, somebody got this. Here, Matt just got certified today, so... It may not be a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but it's an accomplishment, so we rejoice in that with you, Matt, and it's, it's great that you've got that. Helps him in his career, I'm sure, so, you know, um, there's good things there. Um, but it, uh, it, it's, it's, all, it's, all about, it's, it's all about being peculiar from, from the rest of the world, so to speak. Um, when we look then at, at uh, the rest of it here, it says, that ye should show forth the praises of him that hath called you out of the darkness. We should never fall short of praises to God. I mean, we have so much to be thankful for, not just for that immediate uh, time of salvation, but every single day, the breath in our lungs, the ability to, you know, to, to walk upright, the ability to get around. I mean, those, you know, God's providing us with that, and so we, we have, we're not at a shortage for anything to praise Him. Um, and in time past, we, we were the people. We were lost, but we're now a people, the people of God, and which have not obtained mercy, but now we've got mercy. And so that, to me, I looked at that when I studied that for Sunday school, and I thought, that's, it's just fantastic, the mercy and the blessings of God that he bestowed upon us, that we can come together then as, as a family and rejoice as these, as these peculiar people. Uh, look over in Ephesians. Let's turn over a couple of books here to Ephesians in chapter 2. And Ephesians chapter 2. 19. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household, that word household actually means family, the household of God. So right there in the scriptures it's telling us we, we now are no longer foreigners and, you know, we're, we're not, we're, we're saved. We're not part of the lost. We're, we're saved now and we're part of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles, the prophets, and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Uh, that whole chief cornerstone thing is kind of interesting because that goes way back into Isaiah. And Isaiah prophesies about the fact that there will be a, a, a cornerstone that comes made without hands. So it's just it's fascinating when, when you can see things hundreds and hundreds of years ago being prophesied and and here it is, you know, Jesus Christ is, is here, and he is, he is the cornerstone of the foundation that uh, this, this church and this church family operates under. Um, so one of the things that, uh, in, in, this, in this book of Ephesians, says, when you think about, well, gee, isn't a family all related? I mean, I've got brothers and sisters and uncles and nieces, and they're all related. Well, if you haven't thought about it, we're all related by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I thought, you know, when, I, when that dawned on me, I thought, that, that's special, you know. I mean, no, you're not my actual brothers or my actual sisters or whatever, but we have that relationship through the blood of Jesus Christ. 
we have that relationship because we all have at least one relative in common, and that's the Holy Spirit. And that's what, that's what binds us as a family. Families, families are together based on blood, and our family survives, you know, and, and is created by the blood of Jesus Christ. So I found that to be kind of, kind of interesting as well as, as far as what this family is that's talked about in Ephesians 2.19. Um, and, our, and, our family, and our family has a name. We're called Christians, and they were first called that at Antioch. So, you know, if you want to know who your family name is, your family name is Christian. Uh, and it was given to us at, at, at Antioch because we are the people that are striving to be as much like Christ as we possibly can. And everybody's on the different portion of their path. Some are just starting out. Some have been there a long time. Um, but no matter where you are in that journey, there's always room for growth. There's always things that we can get better at because we'll never be perfect. And we, and we know that. But we are to try to do the, the, you know, the best we can. In, in Christ every day to be as close to, you know, work towards as being close to Christ as, as, as possible. Um, so, you know, kind of what's, in, what's involved um, in, in involved as being part of the family of God? I want, we're, we're in Ephesians anyway, so going over to uh, chapter 3 um, in verses 15, so it's probably just a page or two over for you, 3, 14, and 15. It says, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, again, there's that word, the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. So part of my family isn't here. The absence from the body is present with the Lord. So I got family up in heaven. I got family down here on earth, and I'm sure a lot of you do as, as well. Um, but, you know, it, it's named by the, you know, by the Father. And, and to think of, of God being our Father, again, is, is another another kind of awesome, awesome thought to have. Uh, and it also talks about uh, in Romans, let's say, take a look over there, see how we're doing. The, not too bad, but I need to crank it up here a little bit. Let's go over to Romans real quick. Romans, Romans, Romans. 8, 14. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's a statement that you heard from Jesus Christ on the cross. And, and what he was saying, the way Christ said it on the cross, is he was calling out to his Father, acknowledging that his Father was, was God. Our Father is God. And that's, you know, that's an amazing amazing thought that you know the creator of, of the universe the creator of everything that exists uh, we can call father uh, just just an awesome thought um, one last thing I had some notes here is everybody aware that Golgotha and Calvary are the same thing I, I came across that the other day and it, it cracks me up because all our hymns that talk about Calvary say Calvary and I know I know now why because I looked at some of those hymns and I tried to insert the word Golgotha it really doesn't rhyme with anything. It just <laughs> it doesn't work at all. But Golgotha is is an Aramaic word, basically means the place of the skull. And hopefully, when we go to Israel uh, next year, we'll see that because even now today, supposedly, when you look up at that hill, it's kind of the outline of, of a skull. Uh, Calvary comes from Septuagint. The, the Latin word there is cavalera, and it means kind of skull cap. So it, it, it's, I can understand how you get to Calvary. 
uh, from Golgotha, but anyway, that's something I found in my travels, just thought I'd share that with you. Um, so the last point really is talking about talking about burdens. So we're a family. Every family is going to have problems. Every family is going to have time of rejoicing, time of sorrow, and it talks about burdens. And one of the things I found interesting, uh, you know, I put the statement here, burdens to share or not to share. That is the question, which I'm glad you asked. So that's, you know, let's go over to Galatians 6.2, and we'll spend a minute on this, and then we'll go ahead and be dismissed here. So Galatians chapter 6. So if we start in verse 2, I'll read both of them together. Galatians 6, 2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6, 5 says, For every man shall bear his own burdens. I'm thinking, okay, what is it? Didn't get a hit. You know, you just read that. It's like, okay, bear everybody's burdens. No, 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 don't do that. So it's a little confusing, but it, it when it's really important you understand the words behind the words because there are two entirely different words in the Greek. And, and when you look at, at verse 2 here, um, that word in, in verse 2 is, is a word called boros. And basically, that's talking about a burden that is, is, is so heavy for you and, and emotionally draining, and it, it's, just, it's just kind of wiping you out, and you need other people to support you in that burden. When you get to the other burden, it's talking about a job the Lord specifically gave you to do. So there's that, that's where that little difference comes in. It says, for a man shall bear his own burden. So if the Lord tasks you with something to do, don't be looking for somebody else to do it for you. The Lord gave you that burden, gave you that chore to do. It's, it's yours, and, and we should be blessed that the Lord asks us to do something and, and just do it. So that's that's kind of the difference there. And I, just, I, I ran into that the other day, and I thought, well, let's... Let's call that out because, our, you know, as a family, we have a lot of burdens, and sometimes that burden is, is yours and yours alone, and you have to fulfill it. But in a lot of cases, and that's why we have prayer night and Wednesday night, we're praying for people with jobs. We're paying for traveling mercy. We're paying for other people's, and it may not seem like burdens in some cases, but, it, it, you know, it, we never, you never know. It is a, it's a burden to the people that are having to deal with it probably. So we do need to share one another's burdens, and, and it, it, it's a blessing to be able to rejoice in, in things like the birth of, of brand new babies here. Just recently, we got two new little ones in the world, and, and uh, they they've got the ability to grow up in, in a Christian home, which you know uh, that in itself is is a strange and a peculiar thing to the world, uh, as we talk about peculiar things. But um, I just really appreciate you all. I appreciate the family right here we that we have. I appreciate people doing things without being asked in a lot of cases, you know, um, it, it just, it's just a, a, an amazing thing to, to be a part of, of a church where, where people will understand the value of family. And the Bible even tells us at times that, you know, this family here needs to take precedence even, even over our own, our own families in a lot of cases. And, and I know we've had to deal with, with that and, and certain events that people want us to come to or whatever, and it's like, that, that's not my family. I mean, yeah, we're related, <laughs> but that's, that's not my family. And I just soon, just assume be here with his family. It's a, it's a lot greater, uh, greater blessing. So uh, if you would, would, you know, just pray with me about the people that, that aren't here because we need, we need more family here. Uh, on Wednesday nights, we need more family on, on Sunday nights. We've had a lot of visitors. That's been great. 
uh, Lord, we need them back. <laughs> uh, we need them to become part of this fellowship. There's there's a lot of room to grow. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of places we can we can help, but uh, we need to we need to get the people here. So continue to to be a testimony and be a light to the world. And uh, let's see how big you know how big this family will get doing it God's way. I mean, it's, it certainly is a blessing. So thank you for your time and attention. And uh, didn't keep it too long. So. There you go. I'm glad we had a chance to see the pastor. Have a good evening.